This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Morning, everybody. How are you all doing? If it's your first time at ABC Church, we give you a massive, warm, well, it's a hot welcome today, isn't it? Sun's out and it's nice and warm in God's house. We give you a warm welcome. And if you're listening online, thanks for taking the time to uh, join us today. Turn with me to Psalm 55. Psalm 55. You can follow me on screen if you haven't got a Bible. You need to bring a Bible to church with you. We all got your Bibles? I was told by Karis a couple of weeks ago, if it glows, it doesn't count. It's got to be leather. So I don't know if there's any uh, truth in that. Psalm 55, verse 1. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught. Any of you had that happen, where your thoughts trouble you, and you're distraught? Whoa. At the voice of the enemy, at the, sh- at the, sh- uh, the stairs of the wicked, for they bring down suffering upon me, and revile me in their anger. If you're wondering why I'm struggling this morning, I think I've picked the wrong glasses off off the top of the microwave oven this morning, and I've picked the wrong le- reading glasses. But listen to this, verse 4, what the psalmist says here. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors, the terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter, far away from the tempest and the storm. I'm going to save you all this morning from kind of going suicidal as we read together the lament of the psalmist here. But turn with me to verse 20 of Psalm 55. He continues after he's done like 20 verses of moaning and complaining and groaning. He says in verse 20, my companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. His speech is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. Any of you guys know girls like that? Yeah. Their speech is as smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. And there's guys like that as well, girls. You all know it. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. I was expecting the house of God to just erupt there. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. But you, O God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of corruption. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men will not live out half their days. But as for me, I trust in you but as for me i trust in you but as for me despite everything that's going on i trust in you 
You know, every Bible scholar knows that when you go and study God's Word and you try to apply it to your life, you try and put it into context. And you ask, who wrote this? Because this guy is in trouble, isn't he? He's in deep trouble. You think you're in trouble? He's in trouble. The horrors of life have overwhelmed him. They are so bad that he says, if only I had the wings, I would fly out of here. I would just run, run, run away from all's going around me. Who wrote it? So if you go back to Psalm 55 and read right at the beginning there, it says, for the director of music with stringed instrument, a psalm of David? Sorry, a psalm of David? Is this the same David that's talking about horrors overwhelming him and everything falling around about him? He is so anxious, his heart is beating like it's never beaten before. It's all falling in on him. Is this the same David that killed the bear? The same David that slew the lion? The same David that when everybody else was being all mamby-pamby on the battlefield and everyone was saying, oh, yes, comes Goliath, he's bigger and he's bolder than us and he's going to fight us and feed us to the dogs. Is this the same David here that killed Goliath has suddenly turned into a big fairy, into a big girl? Oh, I am anxious. Fears, they overwhelm me. I mean, he's just gone and had like a crazy pity party. Isn't this the same David that wrote in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What's gone wrong? I want to tell you what's gone wrong. As I start a series that's heavy on my heart, And I tell you what, this has been in the oven for 18 months cooking, this message. I have cried and I've wept in preparing this as I've looked at different characters in the Bible and I I have revelation from God to you today about the complexity of our heart. About the way that some of us have been taught a pile of rubbish in our previous earlier Christian life about the way our heart works and about the way we feel because as we start this series for the next couple of weeks I want to tell you it's okay not to be okay it's okay that when stuff comes our way in life it's okay to feel the way that we feel there's nothing sinful about it there's nothing bad in it, when we go all through a range of emotions that come our way, it's perfectly natural to feel that way because our hearts are designed to be something tender that feels what we're going through. I mean, who wants to be married or who wants to be dating a robot? Tell me, do you want to be dating a guy who's got no feeling or no empathy or no care? Because we're all tough guys really, aren't we? Are we? Come on, some of you are tougher than me, aren't you tough? Yeah, well, I know, guys, you're big babies inside, really. We put this facade that everything's okay, and some of you that are leading your homes and leading your families, you put on the big tough guy thing. You put on this invincibility that nothing phases me. Stuff phases you, I know it. 
Because so many of you had conversations with me over time when it comes too much for you. I'm talking to a couple of people at the moment that's going through some huge, huge stuff. And the reality of where they are is something that's real to them. And they are feeling like David. They are feeling, oh God, if I could only have wings, I would just fly away. Fears overwhelmed me. They're caught up in the anxiety of it all. This, the guy who was described in the Bible as the man after God's own heart, is going through some serious heart trouble. You see, our hearts are really complicated things. We're not robots. We don't think with our heads. Yeah, we do bits of that. But we are real people. And our hearts break. And our hearts hurt. And things come our way. And we wonder, how can this be? What's happened? I want to ask you today, what's hurting your heart? What's hurting your heart? As we start this series together, this message is simply called, What's Hurting Your Heart? And by the end of this service, I believe by God's power... And by God's revelation through his word, we can begin to pinpoint and put things in place in our heart as we open them up. And instead of being tough guy and tough girl, what we're going to do is to say, Lord, search me. Know me. Test me. See what's in my heart this morning and help me heal. What's hurting your heart? What's happening right now? What's happening right now to you in your situation? What's about to happen? Is there something that's about to go down? You don't want to face the office on Monday. You don't want to have that conversation with that person that's going to happen this week. You don't want to make that decision. You know that bill is going to arrive this week or next. You, it's imminent. What's about to happen? What's happening right now? Or what's already happened? What is there that we are carrying that we just cannot seem to just get over and get rid of? Because our heart is heavy and our, hearts, our heart hurts. I want to tell you, it's okay not to be okay. Let's pray together, shall we? Father God, as we look at the life of King David today, one who achieved so much, accomplished so much, wrote so much, has given us so much scripture that encourages us. Lord, will you help us to right-size Psalm 55 today? Lord, as we begin to look at what David was going through, and as we look at the words that he penned, Lord, help us to empathize with him. Help our, the Holy Spirit to open up our hearts like a flower this morning that you can speak into hearts and lives and change us and transform us by your word, we ask in Jesus' name. Okay. Most theologians believe that what's happened to David here is those of you know, you can read the story in 2 Samuel chapter 15 and all the way through to 19. It's a fascinating couple of chapters if you want to go and read it when you get home today or read it this week. 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 19. But it's basically his son Absalom decides that 
he wants to take the throne off dad. And he does all kinds of things to kind of begin to manipulate. He goes and when people want to come and have an audience with the king, one of the things he does is he stands by the city gates and as they come to come and talk to the king, he, he basically smooches up, he's brown-nosing with them and he comes in and he says, what's going on? You know, what's in your situation or whatever? And he begins to help him and he says, I'll come and I'll stand before the king for you. I'll help you out of your trouble. And the Word of God tells us that all of this little political manipulation stuff that was happening, all of the people in the city began to turn and their loyalty, or the Bible uses this interesting word in Second Samuel, he says their hearts turned towards him and away from David. People were for him. And the worst thing of all happens is there's one of David's uh, counselors that you can uh, read about in, this, in the Scriptures, a guy called Ahithophel. And he is one of his closest counselors, the one who advises David. And in the end, he switches sides and plots with Absalom to overthrow the king, to overthrow David. And David, in the end, has to leave Jerusalem. Him and his uh, inner circle, they leave 10 concubines at home because that's the kind of thing you do when you go to a pile of chicks. You leave 10 behind to look after the house and keep it clean while you're away. And you leave with the other 300 or so and off you go. And off they go. And there's this huge war that takes place. And in the end, if you read in Second uh, Samuel 19, we can read that um, Absalom, his son, dies in the war. He gets, he's riding through the, the forest and he gets caught in the tree and he's hanging by the tree. And Joab comes along and puts a spear through him and kills the son of the king. Really fascinating story. And theologians and most commentators believe that it's this circumstance that David is going through when we read the scripture. No proof of that. It's just what everybody believes. His heart is hurting because his son has turned his back on him and is betraying him, wanting to take the throne. How would you feel? in that situation what emotions would you go through i don't know a range of different experiences that we can all have but i want to ask you how do you think you would feel in his situation and the second thing i want to ask is just park that for a minute and i said i want to ask you a question what are you going through right now what emotions have you got can you name them so I need five volunteers to come and uh, help me this morning in the uh, message to help kind of bring it to life, the kind of things that he might be going through and the kind of things that we might be going through um, today together. So hands up, can I have some volunteers? If you want to nominate someone, grab a bit. Hands up, wants to come and volunteer, help me out with the illustrations. The five in the front, is that right? Okay, well done. Thank you for nominating. Reese. you can be the first one to come out to the front here. Come on, Reese. Big round to Reese. Come on, Reese is coming. Come on, Reese. And who's going to come with Reese? In fact, I'll have Reese and I'll have Lewis. Come on, both of you come out. And Chris Aldo and you. Come on then. The four of you come out. Give them a round of applause as they come. You three. Come on. Chris Aldo, Reese. Come on, quickly, quickly, quickly. Come on. Come on, make your way, guys. And I need somebody else. Who can I have for this one? Uh, no, no, one second. I need somebody. To... Tom. You're probably tallest, biggest guy in church. Give Tom a round of applause as Tom comes and joins us out the front here. Can we stand? Can you stand there? Fantastic. How many have I got? Four. I need one more. Have I got five? Chris Aldo. Where's Chris Aldo? There we are. You stand here, Tom. <laughs> Big guy. Okay. Come and stand here, Luis. And Chris Aldo. There we are. Come and stand here. 
There we are. Give a round of applause. Great to have them with us uh, this morning. So, just to help you, what's your name? Reese. This is Reese. Give him a big round of applause with a Y, Reese. You hold that. Fantastic. Then we've got Kia. Kia. Oof. With, with a K? With a C? K. With a K. It has to be complicated. K, what? Keep spelling. I. I. A. A. Don't hold back. Give me all the letters. I can take them all at the same time. N. N. Fantastic. Give Kian a big round of applause. Fantastic. Tom. Big Tom. Fantastic. Lewis. Are you Lewis with an E on the end? As in the island? Or are you with an I? I. Fantastic. Give Lewis a round of applause. And then lastly, Chris Aldo. There we are. Fantastic. I wonder what David's going through. Do you? Because we all go, hold it high for me, Chris. We go, three, keep him him facing front so I can help read him. Because I wonder, is David going through a pile of this? A pile of guilt? Because although David was a man after God's own heart, I tell you what, he messed up loads, didn't he? You read the Bible, the things that he did, he even tried to kind of keep that up and hold it right in front of you there. Go on, well done, so people can see it. Well done, Reese. He went through a pile of different stuff, you know, that resulted in what? He has an affair with Bathsheba, and then he tries to kind of fix it all by uh, putting Bathsheba's wife Uriah right in front of the battle, and kind of it, it all begins to implode. Does he think that all of this stuff is coming his way because he's feeling guilty of stuff that's gone on in his life? Because we can feel this way too. We can feel that success or pleasure or things that would come our way that are things that are like a blessing from heaven. A relationship or somebody that we finally bump into works out. Don't go before me, Kian. <laughs> Is that what he's going through? And maybe he feels he doesn't deserve it. Is that what's going on? Kian. What have you got written there? Betrayal. Is he feeling betrayed? I've picked the most sensible people in church to do this this morning, haven't I? Okay. Is he feeling a sense of betrayal in what's going on? Because, I mean, who's betrayed him? His son? Isn't it? His counsellor? There's loads of people, isn't it? Look a, bit more, look a bit more betrayed, can you? That's right, that's a sense of betrayal. Okay. Feeling betrayed because what has gone on. Have you been betrayed? Someone been unfaithful to you? Somebody not delivered on their word? They said they would do it and they haven't. They broke their promise. And you maybe feel a sense of betrayal. Tom, what have you got? Wow, how appropriate that you're in the middle, man. Because <laughs> I tell you what, this is a big one, literally. Not just Tom. But fear is a big one, isn't it? In fact, the Bible says about David's heart, it says that 
he was so anxious. The word that's used there about how David was feeling is an anxiety or a pain that a woman gets when she's in labor. Sorry, I was expecting all the women that have been through labor to say, oh, that's really, really painful. So much so, it's a palpitating fear. Any of you ever had that? Before you maybe have to go and do a speech or do a, and do a talk, a palpitating fear. Any of you had to run? Looking around at you, some of you need to do some more running. Okay? And some of you need to look like Chris Aldo one day, and he does a load of run. Have you ever run Chris Aldo so much that you feel your heart pulsing inside of you when you sit down? Have you ever run so hard that you puked? Yeah. You have? <laughs> wow. And it's that kind of fear that David is a pain like labor, a palpitating fear that he feels his heart is going to bust out of his body because he's in so much fear from the situation that's going on. That's a big one. And we're going to cover this one in quite some detail together. Lewis, turn yours over. What have you got? Hopelessness. That's debilitating, isn't it? Hopelessness hopelessness that we feel there's nothing we can do i don't know what's going on through david look he said my heart is in anguish what has overwhelmed me he says has come into me he's saying it's overwhelmed me it's so bad the situation i've it's like it's come into my very heart it's pulsing away and he begins to turn around in the middle of it and says, if only I had wings, I would just, i just get away. i just escape it. Hopelessness. What have you got, Chris? Last one. Grief. It ends with Absalom, his son, dying. So in the middle of all of the betrayal and the fear and the hopelessness that he's going through, at the end of the day, he keeps the throne, but he loses his son. What must that be like? To have, on the one hand, wanting to honor God with his position and lead the nation of Israel, but at the same time understanding that his son betrayed him. And it was hopeless and the fear of all ending in grief. When you lose your own child. Biggest pain of all. And in the weeks that uh, are ahead of us, we're going to have some people share on what it is to lose your child. So before these guys all melt in the hot light that's underneath you and fall asleep, I only picked you guys so you wouldn't fall asleep out there in the sermon this morning. But I want to say that what happens in the way we deal with all of this First of all, the thing that happens with us is for some reason, some of you, and I was taught that we shouldn't experience any of this stuff in the first place. What we are supposed to do, misteaching number one, you can't chase this stuff. You can't chase it away. And so what's been happening with some of you is you've been like declaring God's word. You've been saying, no weapon formed against me will prosper. You've been reading Psalm 23. You've been doing all this wonderful spiritual stuff that you're all doing, which is really, really good. And you've been saying, grief. And some of you, 
the super holy ones, have been even using the name of Jesus. And you've been saying, grief, be gone now in the name of Jesus. So grief, be gone. Be gone. Well, I don't know. Because that's what happens, Chris Aldo. Is it done go, does it? It doesn't go away. And we pray, and we got on our knees, and people have been telling us that, that the whole it's okay to be not okay is wrong. It's okay to be not okay is right. Because even if the man after God's own heart experiences all of this stuff, it's real. You can't chase it away. You can't command it away. You can't say, guilt, be gone. <laughs> be gone. Still there. Yeah, I am now. <laughs> Absolutely. You said it. Do you know what he said? I'd sit down if I could. I'm Paul Glenn. You are. If you had the wings of a bird, you'd fly away, wouldn't you? But you can't. I want to tell you, church, you can't chase this stuff away. You can use all of your mind over matter thinking. You can use the, it's all, your attitude determines your altitude. You can use it all, but when you are going through this, it is really real. I want to tell you, the reason I know it's real is because I've been through some of this stuff too. Not half the stuff that some of you have been through, but I know that God's grace is sufficient for me and we're going to get to some really good news. As for me, I will trust in you. We're going to get to the end of the message and I'm going to try not get too excited before we get there. So what we try to do is we try and chase it away. Don't try and chase it away, church. Just identify it. And that's why I felt that I needed to get these words out there and write them and put them so that we can begin to not chase stuff, begin to identify stuff, begin to open up our hearts and to say, God, what am I going through? And this is just to write, there's, there's piles of other stuff that we could put here. I could get loads of you out here and I could say, tell you what, do you want to grab a pen? Do you want to write yours and come out here? That's what a lot of us could do. So the first thing we try and do, miss teaching number one, chase it. Don't bother trying to chase it, just identify it. The second thing that a lot of us try to do as well, and this is a big one, what we try to do is we try to escape it, Tom. But the problem is with trying to escape it is this stuff is not external as it is here. In real life, it's stuff that's in our heart. So what happens? Because this stuff is in my heart, I can't disconnect myself from my heart and run, run, run away, can I? What happens is when I try to run away and escape it, it comes with me. And no matter where I go, I try to escape it, but it comes with me. I change job and it follows me. I move to a different town and it comes with me. I dump her and go with her and it comes with me. And everything I try and do, every time I'm trying to escape it, it follows me. I tell you, that's dangerous, guys. 
dangerous, girls. What we need to do is not escape it. What we need to do is identify it. And begin to put this into context and get a victory over it. What we need to do is we need to expose it. Expose it. False teaching number one, chase it. False teaching number two, escape it. And some of you, some of you when you're trying to escape it, what you think you can do is just lock it up. What you think you can do is just kind of take it and turn it over and like nobody sees it, but they're still there. And you say, like, I've just got to lock this up. It doesn't really exist for me. All that grief and all that hurt and everything that I went through, it ain't there no more. Oh. <laughs> it is there. I caught you. <laughs> Fear is right beside me at every turn, isn't it? And even though I could say, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. It's one thing to sing it. Another thing to live it, isn't it? And we say when we're hopelessness, and we're in the middle of it all, and we think, what can we do? We try to run away, we try to lock it up, but it's there all the time. And we carry all this stuff. Are you about to fade in the sun yet, guys? We expose it. What we do is we expose it. The way that we expose it is we identify it. And I'm going to turn to a passage of Scripture, but before I do that, the guys are melting here, so I'm going to do this in a, in a different uh, order uh, in a minute. Um, and I'm going to share a story that Mark is going to help me with at the moment when we talk about exposing. Before they go, I want to tell you how we get the victory over this lot. Do you know the way we get the victory over this lot in our lives? is we just have the victory over it in Jesus. They don't go away, but they're definitely not going to have a power over us. So what God does to each, and I'm pretty sure that most of these are all taller than me, they are. What God does, first of all, is through the victor that's in me, what God does, get to your knees, brother, come on, get to your knees, get down there. What happens is gossip. What happens is God, through the victory of Jesus Christ, the fights that I can't fight anymore, what I do. As for me, I will trust in you. As for me, I'm going to trust in you. I've got all the fears. They've got scars and everything over me, but I'm going to trust with you. Hopelessness, yeah, I feel hopeful. And I feel a lot more hopeful now that I've got hopelessness on its knees. Fear. This is the big... Are you praying for me, church, as I go for this one? Come on, fear. You're going down, boy. Come on. Get down. Get down, fear. In the name of Jesus. We get fear on its knees. And suddenly they ain't so tall now, are they? Suddenly they're down there. And I have a victory over them. Absolutely. Give them a round of applause. Come on, give them a round of applause. Church, don't chase it. Don't try and chase them away. You don't really exist. I'm not accepting it. What kind of trash is that? Your husband's died and you're not going to accept grief. Well, what kind of robot are you? 
if you love someone and they pass over, you feel the pain. You feel as if your heart's ripping apart. You say, God, where are you? If only I had wings, I could just fly away. We can't just chase this stuff away. Woo, be gone. They're still there. And the reason I know they are still there, don't listen to all that rubbish theology. Okay, I'm telling you, church, I've, I've battled with this for 18 months. The reason I know this stuff is, A, if we were supposed to learn it, it wouldn't be in God's word, would it? Secondly, if it was true that when we come to Jesus Christ and we bow the knee and say, Jesus, will you come into my heart and life today? If it was true that all our problems disappeared, we'd all be here this morning with fairy lights and unicorns, everything all around us, Disney swirls everywhere, because life is wonderful, isn't it? But how many of you know the reality of it is when we come to Jesus Christ, our problems are still there. But what we have is we have an effective perspective on our problems. We know that the waiting is not wasted. We know that God, is, when God is silent, he's not absent. And we know that instead of chasing things, instead of just trying to expose things, instead of just trying to come and uh, trying to escape and run away from all of these things, what we just need to do is to expose these things, to name it, but not claim it. To name it and get the victory over it. And the way that we do that is interesting. I find it interesting. I just found this interesting. Can I share with you here how the verses are numbered? Because the guy who wrote Psalm 23 also wrote Psalm 139, verse 23. But as for me, as for me, I will trust in you. Eight words that we can apply to our lives today. Can we do it, church? As for me, I will trust in you. And that same guy. And all the kind of 23s happening for us. Interesting. Psalm 139, verse 23 that I close with. That says this. Can we have this on screen, Lee? Psalm 139, verse 23. The verse that says, Search me, O God. That's the power of exposure. Not chasing it away. Not trying to escape it. Search me. Can we say that today? As we trust in God, can we say, Search me. But he gives a process here, doesn't he? Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. See if there be any anxiousness within my heart. Come on, give Mark a big round of applause as I just share something with you in closing. Come on, Mark. There's very few occasions in my life. Go on, grab the microphone. Those of you who know me well, that I love playing pranks on people. And about, I think it was about 10, 15 years ago, was it, Mark, when we were camping together down... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and we were camping together and, uh, in down in Little Kings. And what happens in, uh, when you're all camping together is 
the last thing you do at the end of the night, go and wash, brush your teeth or whatever. And we had to walk from our caravans all the way down to this little toilet. And on the way down to the, the kind of the toilet bathroom area, we would just, you know, get all of our kind of toiletries out and, and wash. And we'd have passed some conifer trees that were just sheltering before we got to the toilet. So just share with the church, if you would, Mark, what happened on one particular night as you were making your way down to uh, wash yes. your teeth. So I'm going to do my teeth. And it's pitch, if anyone's been there, it's pitch black. On a camping site, you get, you know, the odd light here and there. So I'm just, it's about half past nine at night, thinking, right, go and brush my teeth, stroll back quietly. And you could hear a pin drop in the place. And it was dark, and I'm sort of navigating the footpath there. And so, so I think I know where I'm going, so off I'm going. And everything's quiet, and I'm just thinking to myself. And there's this line of conifers uh, on my left-hand side. In the anything of it. So I'm walking along these line of conifers. And as I get to the end, this fellow here jumps right out in front of me. Sorry, <laughs> Yeah. And I swear to goodness, right? My top of my heart jumped to my chest. I had to chase my heart down the path, grab it, and stuff it back down my throat. I, it frightened the life out of me, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was. And I'm just going to say. It was a fantastic experience for me <laughs> just to see him. Ah! And he died. <laughs> really, he, literally, he jumped. I'm sure your soul went to heaven and came back again, yeah, brother, as it did. But Mark, how would it have changed if you knew I was behind the trees? If you knew I was behind the trees, would I have frightened you? Not at all, no. No, because no. you would have been prepared for the scare because sometimes how many of you you know when your kids try and play hide and seek or try and catch you out because it's what's hidden that can harm us the moment we identify it the moment we expose it lost its power and it, if i tried to play the prank what was happening was me hiding behind the <laughs> and for a moment his heart's in anguish his <laughs> and then he realizes and the reason I think this happens with our false teaching on try to escape it, Mark, and try to chase it, is what it is, is we don't prepare for the scare. Because Jesus told us to prepare for the scare. He says, in this world, Mark, trouble you will have. He's trying to say, guys, we should have our radar on all the time, knowing it is bad stuff coming our way. But what it is, we walk in some kind of, I don't know, green meadow where nothing happens. The, the one that's the same meadow that sometimes we talk about in Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the desert. It's the same guy that is writing about our hearts being in anguish. So your heart was literally in anguish momentarily, wasn't literally. it, Mark? Literally. Literally. literally in anguish. Okay. But let me ask you. You also had to say farewell to your father two years ago. Yeah. You were prepared for the scare? You knew it was coming, didn't you? Yes. Okay. Was your heart in anguish, like conifer tree anguish, just for 30 seconds and it was gone? Or is it a longer process for you? Yes. <coughs> it's a longer process. It's a longer process. You know the train's coming around the corner. You just know, don't know when it's going to come around that corner. Absolutely. But uh, you know it's coming. You know it's coming. So. And you prepare for the scare. And even though you prepare for the scare, it's still scary. And it's Okay. To not be okay. It's okay that, I don't know, whatever we go through, give Mark a big round of applause as he takes a seat. 
It's okay when there's stuff comes our way to not be okay. What we've got to do, though, is, is identify it. And then we've got to bring it to Jesus and say, as for me, I'm just going to trust in you. I'm in so much pain and hurt right now. And Lord, I, I, if I had wings, I'd just fly away. But one thing I'm not going to do anymore, I'm not going to try and run away and escape it. I'm not going to try and chase it. What I'm going to do from death this day on, oh God, by your power, I'm going to expose it. And I'm going to expose it by living a life that's Psalm 139 verse 23. And I'm going to say, search me, O God. Search me, O God. Know my hurting heart. And see if there's any anxiety in me. Because what makes us anxious is just the difference between something being bigger than us. And the anxiety only comes where we don't get it on its knees. And we don't expose it and accept it and say, Oh God, I feel the pain. And I'm not going to go navel-gazing and be in a big, big pity party over this. That's not what the scripture is saying. It's saying, I'm going to trust in you. I understand that, God, you're for me. I'm going to come through this because it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all, isn't it? We say all that stuff, but we're rubbish at practicing it. Are we going to come to him? I want to close by sharing with you a moment from a film. And then I'm going to hand back to Mike, who's going to help us really apply this to our hearts. I love Disney Pixar films, do you? I love it. One of my favorite films, I remember. 2319! Do you remember the film? What is it? Monsters, Inc. What's the strap line or the marketing line for Monsters, Inc.? Anybody know it? We scare because we care. And the really interesting narrative that's in that story is it's caught up in a narrative of dysfunctional thinking. That the whole business plan of Monsters, Inc. is built around fear. Built around the fear of betrayal and hopelessness and all those kind of things that we can go through. But Monsters, Inc. finishes in an incredible way. Because there's one thing that's more powerful than fear. That we no longer need to be slaves to it. And that's the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Joy is more powerful than fear. And in fact, the end of the film, for all of you that have seen it and watched it, is what? It turns the mourning and the fear, turns it into laughter. Because laughter is way, way more powerful than fear isn't it? So can we turn our mourning to laughter today by just right-sizing everything in our lives? And for wherever we are, if you're coming out of it, I praise God for you. If you're going into it, I pray that God will give you grace. But if you're in the middle of the storm right now, can you just come and say, oh God, search me. Test me. Help me to identify this so that I can say, as for me, I will trust in you. I bow my knees to you today. Help me to put all these things under the submission of the cross of Jesus, the one who loved us and gave himself for us.
Let's all bow our heads for a moment. You know, Philip mentioned that uh, Monston's ink bit. I had one of those teddy bears. And one of the kids had it and went to bed one night and it's about 12 o'clock at night and we heard this noise of we scare because we care that came out of the teddy bear. It was actually funny after the event, but at 12 o'clock at night when you're half asleep, it wasn't that funny. I'd put it in the wardrobe out of the way and something had leaned on it and the pressure it had been there for weeks had caused it to go off. But you know, at 12 o'clock at night, I identified the problem. I exposed it by taking the battery out of it and had no power. And you know, this morning, church, we're going to sing a song now. That's what we're going to do this morning. Yeah? Can we identify stuff in our lives? Come on, let's stand. Those who are able to stand. Let's expose them this morning. Stuff that maybe you've held on for, you've hidden in the wardrobe like that teddy bear that I did. Maybe for years, the wardrobe or the heart of your lives. Do you know, this morning can be that moment. We're not going to prolong this moment uh, this morning, but do you know, it can be your moment this morning. Let's sing this song as a worship team.
church, we're going to sing this again. identify this morning and expose that's the message this morning to identify and expose we're not going to prolong this morning but sometimes with fear or with grief or with circumstances or situations you have to demonstrate sometimes we have to take that step of faith I'm going to challenge you this morning We're going to sing this again, and I'm going to ask Pastor Phil to pray for each and every one of us. But what I want us to do this morning, and I'm going to stand here this morning, I want us just to walk from our seats as a mark of identification and exposing this morning and come and stand at the front and say, God, I'm handing it over to you. I believe in you. I trust in you. I'm handing it all over to you. I'm identifying it in my life this morning and I want to expose it. know we've all had experiences of our hearts I'm sure wanting to explode you know Mark touched upon his father and I can tell you a time one night where I just wanted the pain to go my dad was ill and I just wanted the pain the anguish and I wish I could have flown away like a bird But you know that moment in time and the following morning, and I've shared this before, I stood at the window in my mother's home and I said I got two choices, to run away from God or to run to God. And you know, I praise God, I chose the latter. So can we do this? Let's sing this again, Paul. And let's make that move this morning. You know, if I'm the only one standing here this morning, that's cool. I'm cool with that. But if somebody else wants to come and stand next to me this morning, and then Pastor Phil's going to pray. Come on, church. Thank you, Paul.
It's okay to not be okay, church. It's okay to not be okay. I'm not sure whether you really got the message this morning. You see, you don't walk to the front and yield this to God with some kind of victorious trump going off in your heart singing, it's behind me. It doesn't work like that. The hurt's really real. Some of you might have had a victory and been able to right-size it now. But some of you, I'm telling you, take this moment that God's given you and you come now. Some of you will come out here in fear right now. Your heart's beating, thinking, God, I don't want to step out there. I don't know what you're going to do because God's exposing it. Some of you are going to come out in hopelessness. Hopelessness because you've been out before two, three, four times. But come in your hopelessness because it's okay to not be okay. It's okay, church. We can come to him and we can rest in him. We don't need wings to fly anymore. All we need are wings to rest under. Wings of God. So come on, come. Come, church. Don't chase it. Don't try and run away and escape it. Just come in your hopelessness, in your fear, in your anguish, in whatever you are going through. Just say, God, I'm coming to you right now. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what's going to go from this moment on. But, oh God, you're in my future. Run to him as Mike encouraged you. Run to him. Come on, a few more moments while we wait. The sea, so I can walk right through. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me, so I can stand and see. I am a child of God. You split the sea, so I. God, we thank you this morning above all else for Jesus, your only begotten Son, the one who you gave to pay the price for our freedom, to bring us into liberty, so that we can say, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And just because all things have passed away doesn't mean that all things have gone away. We come to you, O oh God, in our imperfection. And we come to you in our hurt. And 
we come to you oh god in the anguish that many of us in this room are carrying right now fears past fears present lord we say we're not going to run no more lord we're not going to kind of run away no more but what we're going to do is we are going to put our trust in you i'm going to put my hands in your hands today i thank god for each brave person that's come out here and lord they're putting their hands in you today and they are taking these things that they have identified in their lives lord lord as you are testing them and searching them right now we hand them over to you we will no longer be slaves to fear we declare by the word of god that they have no power over us lord i speak peaceful sleep into this house lord that where people have been hurt that healing will come where is there is turmoil peace will come where there is death there will be prosperity lord where there is anguish lord there will be hope lord where there is fear there will be certainty and a hope in jesus christ for the future and lord where there is grief and mourning there will be peace and rejoicing i speak it over this house and over each person here right now in jesus name and lord for those that are still in their chairs lord still couldn't cross over today to lord because this is just too much for them to take right now lord i pray that this week maybe as they re-listen again to this message or maybe this week by the side of their bed as they eventually come and make their peace with you and put these things to pass lord i pray that your holy spirit will be with them in that moment lord for people that are maybe even listening online right now as they fall to their knees in this moment lord that freedom will come in the name of jesus as we expose these things in jesus name and all of god's people said amen This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. 
You can also contact us by phone on 01269 59 6000.